0: As we dive into the talk today, again, I've been I've been a a Christian, as I said, I got saved when I was nine years old, and so I've kind of grew up in church. Uh, I had what you uh, would call a drug problem growing up, a really bad drug problem. I was drugged to church every Sunday and every Wednesday, and uh, and I tell you, that's an old pastor's joke. So thank you for (laughs) obliging me with that laugh. Um, But I tell you, I I I know this kind of church world. I've I've been a part of it. Maybe you have too. And isn't it funny that in church world, we only we almost have our own language in inside these walls, that if you were to say the things that we say in here, out there, people would look at you kind of funny. Let me give you some examples. Like hedge of protection. Where do we use hedge of protection outside of these walls? Like, thank you for this Starbucks coffee and may you have a hedge of protection. Like that doesn't make, like no one would get that. Uh, thinking about quiet time, you know, just have a quiet. Now you might tell your kids they need to go have a quiet time, but that's not, that's a little different. The, the meaning behind is different here. Uh, another one, the laying on of hands. Don't go to Kroger today and go, hey, can I lay hands on you? They might call the cops if you do that. So, I mean, we think about this, covered by the blood. OK, so, I mean, there's a lot of things that we say in these walls that is just, if we were to say them outside these walls, people would look at us funny, even, even to the point of like fellowship. Fellowship is one of those words that we use in this room and in this church and just as a body of believers and, and we, we like to throw that out. Us guys will go, yeah, I'm going to a men's fellowship this weekend. Or you ladies, you're going, oh, I just had a great time fellowshipping with all my sisters. It was just so, fellowship. And, and we just throw this out. And, and, and they even make, some churches have halls to fellowship in. You know what I'm talking about? You'll get that on the way home. But I mean, as we think about this, we have a lot of these Christian phrases, and it, it, we can get caught up in the cliche of the, this word fellowship, but there's so much more to it than just hanging out. There's so much more to fellowshipping than just chilling with your Christian friends. I mean, there's more to it. Now, don't get me wrong. It, it's good to spend time together. There's, there's a place for spending time, but it, it's more than just merely existing with Christians, existing with people who say they're brothers and sisters in Christ. There's nothing wrong with going somewhere and, you know, playing Xbox and and eating pizza and hanging out and cooking out. There's There's nothing wrong. But we miss out on the purpose, guys, that God designed fellowship to fulfill in our lives when we miss what fellowship means, what true fellowship means. And I believe that true fellowship is vital to the believer's growth and health as a believer. And that's what we're going to talk about today. I mean, I think our souls are encouraged. Our lives are encouraged when we're living life, we're fellowshipping with one another. And so we turn to scripture as we do everything at our church at LifePoint. We turn to scripture where we find our, 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 our thoughts on this and, and we get our, our, our God's heart beat on fellowship today as we look at Acts chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 42, and we're going to go through 47 today. So if you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to go ahead, turn there, and, uh, and we're just going to go ahead and dive in this scripture. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common." God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you love us so much that you sent this, this, this word that is alive and that can come alive to us today. And so, Father, I pray that you would speak to our hearts, Lord. For some, this is just such an easy thing to just kind of just flow with. But, Lord, I pray that you would see, allow us to see the importance of fellowship today, this morning. So, Lord, we love you. We thank you. We praise you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, I'm kind of a dorky guy. I'm kind of a nerdy guy when it comes to to the text, so I like to kind of break down what words mean. And as I think about this and I look at this, the Greek word for fellowship could also be put here as sharing or participation, sharing or participation. And so this shows us for some believers in what we do, it's the way we orient, orient our lives. This isn't just something that is almost like a fad diet that we get a part of, and we, we, you know, we, we lose the weight, and then we gain the weight, and we lose the weight, and we gain the weight. The only way to truly keep the weight off is to have a lifestyle change. Well, as we look at fellowship, that's the same way. Fellowship is marked with extraordinary togetherness. Fellowship is marked with extraordinary togetherness. It's a sharing of what's going on truly in our lives, the goods and the bads, the happy times and the sad times, the tough times and the, and the joy-filled times, the sharing life, not just that, but sharing the word together, praying together and worshiping, fasting with one another. It's we come together and we do this together, this fellowship, again, it's, it's this extraordinary togetherness that we find only true fellowship can happen in a body believers and when i think about this i want to point out two things out of this scripture that we can find from the early church you know the early church when they start when they when they wrote this down when luke wrote this down as he's examining how god uh, just started this early church we see some important things in this scripture and we're going to use this as the backdrop these early church mothers and these early church fathers to explain to us how we can use this model of fellowship to reach the world and to reach us inside the church as well. So in this, we need to be together in the gospel and we need to be together together for the gospel. So let's check this out. If we're thinking about together in the gospel, let's go back to verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings into the fellowship. I love the fact that Luke pointed out that they devoted themselves. This was something that they wanted to do. This was important to them. This wasn't a flippant act that they did. It wasn't just that they they came together every once in a while. This was something that they devoted themselves to doing, coming together. And what was this? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Was this? This is the sharing of the good news of Christ. This good news story of salvation. Only, the, only through Christ. And it started, as Michael said, it started with him and it ends with him. But everything in the crux of their fellowship was all centered around Jesus. It was the foundation on which their fellowship was built. And devotion to the gospel produces fellowship with Christ. Devotion to the gospel produces fellowship with Christ. And before you can live a a healthy Christian fellowship with other people, you have to have a healthy fellowship with Jesus. And that's what we've been talking about over the past few weeks. I mean, you think about all the habits of holiness that we've been going through and, and, and we will continue to go through. We've talked about uh, worship and we've talked about Bible study. We talked about fasting and prayer. All these things tune our hearts into who God is and his plan for our lives. We're fellowshipping with Jesus. And as we do this, we, we, we have this great communion with him because our, to, our togetherness with each other finds its root in our togetherness with Christ. And it has to be centered with Him. We see that in verse 42, but we see some more things. Uh, Luke says that the early Christians, they got together to worship together, and they also broke bread. Now, in this instance, we'll see that in a few minutes, but they broke bread remembering the, and as a symbol of the Lord's Supper. So they remembered what Jesus did. They took the bread, they took the cup, and they remembered together. Every time they came together, And they remembered that Jesus is the center, and because of his body being broken, his blood being spilt, we have this fellowship with one another. And it didn't stop there. They not only broke the bread together and they drank the wine together, but they prayed for one another. They prayed for one another because Jesus was at the center. They understood that nothing on their own, they could do nothing on their own doing. They had to have Christ at the center of it. Notice that the first two details the, the, of Christian fellowship that Luke gives is this devotion to the gospel and devotion of worship, devotion and worshiping God. And he mentions these things because that is the central focus of this early church, but it's the central focus of our church as well. We put the word as a high standard, as the highest standard here at Life Point. And everything we do is centered around God's word. This is his thoughts on everything. And so we put his thoughts at the center. And if we, can, if we can get that right, I feel like we can get everything else right. But he has to be at the center. And we talk about fellowship and we think our first thought is coming to church. And I think that's a big part of it. Because a lot of times we, we, we post about it and we talk about it and we say, hey, you need to come to church. You need to come to church. And, you know, we want you to be at this. We want you to be at that. And we don't say that just because it's awesome to preach in front of a nice full room. That's not, it's not being said like we want you to come to kind of stroke a pastor's ego. That's not what it's about. I mean, it's for the sake of our spiritual lives that we come together and we truly fellowship in unity with one another. I mean, the things that we do in this place, the preaching of God's word, prayer, they provide the means of grace that, that God can supernaturally use, not only in your life, but to reach others. So if you only come every once in a while, if you only come once every few weeks, you're going to miss out. You're going to miss out on what God has for you. You will not experience the deep fellowship with God and with other Christians. You won't do it if you only come every once in a while. A lot of times I've been, again, I've been in student ministry for 19 years, and I've heard a lot, and I've had a lot of phone calls, and, and uh, I've, I've gotten a few phone calls from mamas and daddies who say, you know, uh, so-and-so, my son, my daughter won't be coming back to church anymore, and, and I think they expect me to jump through the phone with a spiritual life preserver and say, you know, get down on my knees and say, no, don't go, because I'm just not going to do that. I'm gonna ask questions. I I'm, wanna I'm figure out why they're not gonna to come to church. And so I'll ask this question and say this. So they don't, and why aren't they coming? They say, well, they just don't feel connected. They don't feel like they're, they're meeting anyone. They're not feeling connected in the student ministry. And I will ask them this. Without fail, I already pretty much know the answer, but I'll ask them this question. When was the last time your student was at church? When was the last time your church or your student participated in a student event? Because here's the deal that is so important. Coming in here, think about this. If you just come to church on a Sunday morning and you come in and you sit for 45 minutes, 50 minutes, you're not, you're not getting to know folks. You're not getting to know each other. You're not getting to this side of the room, is not really getting to know this side of the room, and vice versa. I mean, you, you think about it put, it, put it like this it's like going on a first date to the movies. I mean, it's fun to do, but you don't really get to know the person that you're going to the movies with. You don't, your, your time is not intentional with that person. And so I would implore you, man, get involved. Come to church. The ultimate goal for Christian, uh, for, for Christian fellowship is unity together in the body of Christ. We want you to do this and live life together in this body. I tell our students all the time that the enemy's number one goal, the number one goal of the devil, our enemy, is to divide. That's his number one goal. And he works overtime in it. He wants to divide uh, families. He wants to divide friendships. He wants to divide small groups. He wants to divide churches. And so what, what do we do when we're fighting against the enemy? We come together in unity. We come together in togetherness in fullness and fight This battle that's really raging together. We don't do this alone. And we think that, well, we're just going to do these these strategies that man's making. We're going to try to create revival in these small groups. No, no, no. That's not what we do. We're going to talk about small groups here in a little bit. But it's not just, just trying to form something for the sake of forming something we're doing this, we, we try to create these small group gatherings that you might exist together as believers, that you might grow in your faith, that you might share in your faith, that you might share your struggles, you might share your joys, that you might do this life together with folks. And you will find when you do that, when you do that, your eyes will be open to what God is doing in your togetherness. I mean, it's, it's, it's truly extraordinary because we see This this fellowship with each other comes from the ultimate example of Jesus' fellowship with us. I mean, you think about it. He left his throne in heaven that we might have fellowship with the Father. How awesome is that? How awesome to think that that he gave us a picture of being together with him. And so as we think about this, this Christian fellowship, this unity, that we need, to, we need to be together in this. We, we even look at, uh, at verse 45. Check this out. I mean, it says, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. We, we think about the hanging out aspect, which is cool. And we think about the worship and the Bible study aspect, which is cool. But they had everything in common with each other and they gave where people had need. Now we're not talking about a, and Luke's not explaining this this idea of functional communism. That's not what he's talking about. I mean, the, no one was forcing anyone to give away their possessions. I mean, even Luke says that they met together in their own homes. They had their own property. And so they weren't saying, the, the, the disciples, the apostles weren't going around and, and like poking people with prods and say, you know, give, 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 and like sell, sell, sell. No, no, no. What it was is they came together and they, they knew that they had needs for each other and they looked out for each other. If someone's crops didn't produce for that week, someone would come in and fill that gap. If someone didn't get enough money at the market, someone else would come in and make sure that their family was taken care of. They had each other's back in everything that they did. And so when I think about this, this was was a self-sacrificial giving. This was a giving out of an overflow of their relationship with Christ. And again, I I can't help but think about what Jesus has done. He left heaven in a self-sacrificial love that we might have fellowship with the Father. What a great example for us to have fellowship with one another. Now, I, what I don't want you to think is that I'm telling you to leave this place and go straight to CarMax and sell your car and give all that money to someone who makes less than you and sell your house and sell all, all your possessions and give, give, get. And that's not what I'm talking about. No, no, what I'm talking about is, is that we do this together where is a healthy giving. It's looking out for each other's needs. It's looking out for each other's needs. If you hear of someone who's down, just lost a job, or someone who's gotten cancer, or someone who's going through a hardship or a joy-filled thing, coming together and rallying beside them, and say, hey, listen, I've got your back. I don't have much, but I'll give what I can. I'll give what I can, because that's that that self-sacrificial love for a brother or sister, this willingness to give, and that's gonna result in healthy fellowship. Luke says one more thing in verse 46, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. When I think about this day by day, they came together, they went to church and it was a trek. It wasn't just like, it was just right down the road. It was a trek and they went to church together, but they didn't just leave it there. They came home together and they ate together. That's where I really think these folks might be a little Baptist because they ate all the time. You know, that's, when I think about this, you know, when was the last time, let me, let, me, let me just, let me poke a little bit, okay? When was the last time you, you left this place and intentionally asked someone to go to lunch with you? Now, we do that a lot with folks that we know, hey, let's go grab a bite to eat. But what if our mindset was to grow this body and to know this body? We asked someone else to go to lunch. Hey, I I haven't really met you. Let's go grab some lunch. I did that a couple of weeks ago. My family uh, went with another family. We've been talking. We were friends on Facebook. Yes, but we've never hung out. And so we went to Chili's of all places. Free chips and salsa, if you have that coupon, it's really awesome. But here's the deal. We went and we just got to know each other and had a blast of fellowshipping with one another. And I want to challenge you to think about ways that you can get to know this fellowship of believers, this fellowship of believers. And this happened day by day. I mean, this this fellowship goes beyond, this Christian fellowship goes beyond just Sundays and Wednesdays. We live this life out together on a daily basis. We invite others to come alongside us and walk in our world. And in turn, they allow us to do the same, where we can encourage one another, we can challenge one another, we can hold each other accountable. And that's why I hear this phrase every once in a while, that I can love Jesus without going to church. I'm telling you, that's nonsense. That doesn't work like that. Apathy for the church will show me your apathy for Jesus. It really will. Because not, they go together, not fellowshipping and participating on a Sunday or Wednesday. It's a big deal. It's a big deal because you miss out on what God's doing in each other's lives. I mean, when I think about this, our love for, as our love for Christ grows, our love for fellowship and being together will grow. And when our love and fellowship and being together will grow, our love for Jesus will grow stronger and deeper. I mean, it's this awesome cycle that just keeps getting bigger and bigger and stronger and stronger. And we don't do this alone. We do this together. We do this together and we live life out. We do this together and we're unified because we're unified under Christ because of what Jesus has done for us. It should cause us, this is, it should spur us to want to be together on more than just Sundays and Wednesdays. It should spur us to go all in and be together in the gospel. But it doesn't stop there. So let's move on for the sake of time. We need to be together for the gospel. We look at the last thing that Luke tells us, that the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. And we think about what does this have to do with our our Christian fellowship? It shows us that a togetherness in the gospel leads to a togetherness for the gospel. A A togetherness in the gospel leads to a togetherness for the gospel. A shared, mutual, encouraged passion for the gospel will inevitably change the surroundings and the world around us as we do this and we live life together. I mean, we think about uh, it's so much easier to charge the front lines of a battle when you have a team, you have fellow warriors beside each other, right? You wouldn't want to take on a whole army alone. But imagine doing this life with other people, charging the front lines, taking on this this battle that's charging at us more and more. I mean, Luke Luke connects this, this daily public fellowship of, of breaking of bread and the apostles' teaching, fellowship, prayer, all these things. And he links them with hanging out together, break, you know, going to church, but enjoying together in each other's homes. And what would happen, what would happen is that people would see this at this time and say, I want what they have. I want what they have. There's something different about that group of people. I want in on that. Think back with me. Have you ever, have you ever, can you ever remember a time, I I struggle with this, to be honest with you. I struggle with this. Can you remember a time, let's just go one week, let's go seven days, where someone has gotten saved that you know of, that someone has gotten saved for seven days straight. Not one person got saved seven times. That's not how it works. But seven different people got saved on seven different days continuously. Think back. I don't know that I can think about that. But how awesome would it be? How encouraging would it be that if this week, not just today, someone got saved, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, someone got saved every day because we are allowing people to come in to our world for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of people getting saved, for the sake of people joining us in this journey with Jesus. We do this together. I mean, this picture of, of this, this self-sacrificial, unconditional love, the, the world would see that, and the world would want that. The question is, do we show that? Do we as a church? No, I'm not just talking about life point. I'm talking about the body of believers. Do we show that as a body of believers? I was thinking about this as studying for this message I heard a story one time of a pastor um, who was, uh, was, was at a, a church picnic. This guy had uh, gotten saved. God had changed his life. He went from darkness to light, and, and uh, he gotten saved, gotten baptized, and was going pretty well at church, but he kind of dropped off. He kind of just didn't show up for a while. Until the church picnic, because that draws everybody together, food, amen? And so church picnic was happening, and the pastor's there, and the pastor's tending the grill, and he's, he's getting the briquettes ready, and this guy comes up to him and says, hey, pastor, hey, I miss you. Uh, I haven't seen you in a while. I've, I've missed seeing you around. And just time out, when a pastor says that he misses you, he genuinely misses you. Because like this guy, I get this a lot. We go through all the excuses of why you haven't been at church, and this guy did the same. He's like, "Well, you know, uh, my car broke down, and, and I haven't been able to be there. But you know what? I I I, yeah, I had to get my nails done, and then I, I had to my, my 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 grandpa was sick, and all this other stuff. And the pastor's just sitting there. Yep, okay. I just said I missed you, and you know, he's tending the the briquettes, and and these 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 things were getting. He'd already threw the the lighter fluid on it. It was getting hot, white hot, and so he takes one as the guy's just talking, and uh, he takes one as just white hot he sets it to the side and, and the guy's just sitting there you know, but pastor you know I, I I've, I've been watching the, 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 the sermons online. I've been sitting on my couch every, every Sunday and I'm watching online. And I'm, I'm telling you I don't have to be in the church house to, to be filled up I don't have to be and that pastor's like, oh okay okay well let, let, let me just pause for a second. as you're talking I just want you to notice this this stack of briquettes in this grill. If you notice that was, they were, together, they were white hot. They were, they were serving the purpose and they're going to serve the purpose at which they were created together. But I want you to notice something. See this one that I set to the side? It's light has gone dim. It's light has gone down. And sure, it's a, it's a little hot, but it's not doing and being the purpose it was created to be. And the same goes with our spiritual and our, our, our Christian fellowship together. We're in this together. I want, to th- I want us to think about all the ways that we're together for the gospel here at LifePoint. I mean, if you think about all the groups that we have, I mean, we have groups for every age and every stage of life. I and mean, we have groups going on for kids right now. We have groups going on for teenagers right now. This afternoon, we'll have groups going on for adults. I mean, we have groups going on for single folks and married folks and widow folks and divorced folks. We have groups for college kids and groups for young, uh, young, uh, young adults. That's the word I'm looking for. I mean, we have, we have groups for everybody. And my question is, are you involved in a group? Are you involved in a group? Some of you right now, as we're talking about this, And you're sitting there thinking, man, that that sounds like something. I need to get involved, but I need to take a little step further. Because some of you, you've been in this fellowship for a while. Some of you have participated in this fellowship, and you know what it's like to fellowship together. But some of you need to take that next step. And that's starting, starting a, a small group. And we would love for you to consider doing that. We would love for you to join and partner in what God is doing in this fellowship, this unifying the body of Christ through our our small gatherings. I heard a pastor say one time, the only way to get big is to get small. Allowing people to join in. I I I will stand in the fact of that most people, most people are more apt to come to a Bible study in a small group first than they are to come to a big gathering like this. Because there's something special about standing around in the kitchen of someone's home. It's not the living room where things happen. It's in the kitchen. People talking, milling around, breaking bread, and enjoying one another. So someone in here, maybe you're going, man, I I can do that. Here's what I would love for you to do in a moment. We're going to pray. I would love for you to take your Connect card and just write your name, email. But in that prayer request, I would love for you to write more, I'd like more information or learn more about starting a small group. I would love for you to partner with us in that. But maybe you're here and you say, well, I can't start a small group right now. And in fact, I'm not even in a small group. Well, here's the deal. I would love for you to join. You have a month and a half to pray about that. You say, well, that's a long time. Yes, it is. Because here's what I fear, that we're gonna think about this in a month and a half and this sermon is just gonna go away. And you're going to think, oh, man, I'll get to that later. And the enemy will just drive a wedge in your thoughts of joining a small group. But I want you to think about this. Put it in your calendar. Put it, Write it down where you can see it. But August 18th, we're going to have our next small group sign-ups. And we want you to be a part of that. We want you to be a, a part of a small group fellowship with us because we know that as we're together in the gospel, it will lead us to be together for the gospel. And God will do extraordinary things as he unifies us as a body of believers in our fellowship. Let's bow our heads and, and close our eyes for a second. I want to lead us in a time of prayer. There's nothing magical about this time and It's just a time where we can get focused. It's a time where we can just just be us and God. Maybe you're sitting there right now and you're thinking, yeah, I could do that. I could start a Bible study. I could lead a Bible study. I could lead a fellowship at my house. I could lead a small group. I pray that, but I would love for you to pray as I've been praying That God would just open your eyes to what that looks like. That God would just tune your heart into leaning in on His Spirit's calling right now. That He would remove any doubt, He would remove any fear, any frustration, any hindrance. Not only that, some of you here need to join a small group, you need to be a part of a fellowship. We're here on Sunday morning, but you might need to take that next step and go a little deeper. you might pray that God would open up the small group that you need to be a part of. He would open your eyes to see what group that is. And that you'll lean into that. I want to tell you, it's scary when you, you sit in the living room of Someone's, new, someone's house that you've never been in and you're going around you're introducing each other, talking to each other, and it's pretty awkward at first if we're just being honest. But as time goes on, as conversation is had, that togetherness in the gospel forms. And this unity in a small body of believers sparks where other people wanna join in. So God, that's my prayer. God, you have these people here and I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful that they're here this Sunday. But Father, I pray that some of these folks will just grow even deeper in their walk with you and in their fellowship with others. Father, I pray that today some conversations will be had. God, I pray that today some lunch, new lunch meetings might happen today. And Father, I pray that you would grow us in you as we grow together as a body. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for your love. I pray that you would continue to bless us as we, as we worship through giving, as we worship through singing, God, let us tune our hearts to what you're doing here. Lord, we love you. And it's in Jesus' name.